Hi, you're listening to Humanity's Human, a podcast where I talk about whatever I want. And today that means the I'm not like other girls phenomenon. Please know that I'm going to be using the words Nlog, Pick Me and Quirky Girl interchangeably. So, what does it mean when someone claims that they're not like other girls? This cultural phenomenon has existed for longer than you might think. Pick me girls, quirky girls, whatever you want to call them, have been seen in different forms across the decades. In the 1950s, the greaser girl emerged in response to the notorious conservatism of the time, sporting pedal pushes and leather jackets in exchange for A-line dresses. In the 1980s and 90s, the grunge model grew in popularity, fighting societal constructs through the power of fishnets and black eyeshadow. More recently, society has observed the rise of a range of different subcultures of femininity, perhaps enabled by the growing popularity of third-wave feminism. Girls who consider themselves not like the rest often engage in such a phase in their early teens, characterized by a severe hatred for the color pink and interest in alternative subculture. So clearly being not like other girls is a desire that has existed for a very long time. In order to ascertain what it means to be not like other girls, it's important to identify who these other girls are. Traditionally, this group of women is regarded as those who adhere to patriarchal beauty standards and are simultaneously everything the patriarchy says women are. By that, I mean that they adhere to beauty standards in the sense that they put effort into their appearance and appeal to the male gaze by allowing themselves to be infantilized, to be submissive and to be placed in the role of a caregiver. By doing these things, you're catering to the male gaze and essentially being everything that the patriarchy wants you to be. And at the same time, they are everything that the patriarchy says women are. So women have been characterized as being you know, unintelligent or as being vapid or as being fragile. And so they are both catering to the, the ideas of the patriarchy and at the same time, transforming themselves into everything the patriarchy says women are. So why do analogs hate these girls? You could guess that it's the rise of feminism causing women to put each other down. That doesn't sound right. Most likely, it's internalized misogyny. With the rise of feminism, we can see why this is a problem. Not to mention, we all have, no matter how quirky we are, an internalized male gaze. The male gaze is the act of depicting women and the world from a masculine, heterosexual perspective that presents and represents women as sexual objects for the pleasure of the heterosexual male viewer. In the media, you can see women presented from an upwards um, camera angle looking down at them, which really suggests, you know, we're seeing them from the perspective of a man because men are supposed to be taller and look down upon women. Whether we like it or not, having the world constantly shown to us from a male perspective causes us to internalize the male gaze without even realizing it. And when something is so ingrained that you don't think to question it, you know you have a problem. A patriarchal society is built upon the idea that women are worth less than men because we are inherently less intelligent and by extension only interested in shallow and unimportant topics like makeup, weight loss and fashion. Therefore, makeup, weight loss and fashion are in turn associated with being stupid. The features which characterize other girls are incredibly visual allowing for basic fashion, Starbucks coffee, and popular music to create a reputation for someone before she even opens her mouth. 
In this way, we find ourselves looking down on women for possessing traits, even if we don't know them personally. When girls, especially young and impressionable girls, fall prey to the notion that these easy to identify characteristics are somehow bad, they start to notice other girls everywhere and believe that they are inherently vapid, unintelligent and worth less. With these beliefs, being a basic other girl is the worst thing that could ever happen to you. So if the other girl is a slave to the patriarchy who is an embarrassment to women, then that must mean aiming to be the opposite of her is a very feminist ideal, right? Because that would mean you're rejecting societal structures like the patriarchy and being unique, quirky, one might say. The majority of content which represents the not like other girls trend in the 21st century comes in the form of memes and can be boiled down into several key components. Firstly, the other girl is represented somehow. It is shown that she adheres to patriarchal beauty standards, maybe pointing out that she wears fake tan, has great boobs, watches what she eats and looks great when she wakes up in the morning. Then the creator of the meme represents themselves taking care to demonstrate that maybe, you know, that I'm nothing like that. I have flaws. I'm a real person. I eat whatever I want and my hair is messy in the mornings. This makes the protagonist seem down to earth and relatable, whilst the other girl is shunned as an alien who is shallow and airheaded. Often quirky girl culture aims to comment on the consumerist nature of other girls, suggesting that they maintain their patriarchally pleasing appearance by investing heavily into the beauty industry. Because the patriarchal standard for womanhood is such a singular idea, aka blonde, tall but not too tall, skinny but not too skinny, muscular but not too muscular, tan but not too tan, and the list goes on, this opens up the opportunity to display other girls as sheep who all look and behave the same way because they all have the same goal of appealing to men, whilst those who are not like other girls are unique because they have like thoughts and stuff. For these reasons, quirky girls, either consciously or subconsciously, pander to men by being that girl who's not like other girls, who's special in some way. The irony is that in gathering together all of the girls who are not like other girls, a whole new kind of basic has been created. In attempting to be unique, Enlogs accidentally created just another type of girl that the rest of the world can make fun of. Most of the time, this humor is relatively lighthearted, mocking them for their desperation to be unique whilst pointing out that they are essentially all the same. But more recently, Pick Me Culture has come under fire from feminists who call these girls out on their internalized misogyny and shame them for tearing other women down. Pick Me Girls are considered one of the cringiest subcultures on the internet. But why exactly is that? In her video essay, Cringe, Natalie Wynn discusses how we often cringe at others because they do not understand how embarrassing their behavior is. And I think that is partly the case here. Enlogs are often girls in their early teens, and therefore they don't understand that their desperate show of supposed superiority is weird and cringy. Wynne also talks about how believing that a person deserves ridicule cancels out any emotional burden because their treatment is essentially their own fault. The seemingly unbridled hubris of not like other girls 
allows outsiders to recognize that they are wrong, but don't know that they're wrong, and therefore are embarrassing themselves. And then this, by extension, allows people to laugh at them for it. I would add that in this particular scenario, um, it involves a, quite an element of sexism, as the actions, appearances, and speech patterns of girls are often ridiculed no matter what they are. Aside from feminists who criticize quirky girls for discrediting the movement and fostering internalized misogyny, the biggest part, uh, the biggest group of people who partake in their memification, if you will, is men, for obvious reasons. It is interesting that men do not have their own group of not like other boys, however. This is noted in Sarah Zed's video essay, I'm Not Like Other Girls, where she essentially suggests that boys don't experience the same need to conform to a particular style of masculinity. And therefore, there aren't particular boys who attempt to rebel by rejecting that idea. I would also argue that boys are often taught that masculinity is the peak state of being and behaving in any other way is degrading. Coupled with the privilege of being a male in the first place, it makes sense that boys are comfortable being who they are taught to be. However, and I haven't written this in my script, I will say that masculinity is definitely a changing concept. And that idea that, you know, being masculine is the peak state is, is at least for people on uh, a little bit more left, slowly fading out of existence. And those, those boundaries are getting relaxed even more. My question is, can we blame them? Girls have been both pushed away from femininity and towards behaving alternatively for most of their lives. Men often justify their attraction to women by claiming that the particular girl they're interested in is special and not like the others, as though there is something inherently wrong with the others. But if the other women we talked about earlier supposedly construct themselves to adhere to patriarchal beauty standards, that is, they specifically construct themselves to appeal to men, then why are men specifically going for girls that are not like other girls. The idea of a girl who can behave in a masculine way like eating copious amounts of food and enjoying action movies is one which has infiltrated modern media since after the turn of the century. The girl next door who always finds everything so effortless and doesn't care about her appearance and can engage in behaviors like drinking and not wearing makeup but still looking somehow perfect all the time has become one of the many idealized forms of womanhood which men desire. Such desire has been demonstrated in films and TV shows, particularly ones with romantic plot lines where the male protagonist tells the female love interest, you're just not like other girls. And then the female love interest swoons like it's the greatest compliment ever, when clearly the main protagonist just wants to date one of his boys. Interesting how straight men have romanticized the idea of a woman who can eat a good solid burger, drink beer, likes sports, and enjoys working out, because that just sounds like typical straight male Saturdays are for the boys behavior to me. However, I think the analogs that are romanticized by men only truly exist in the media because first of all, there is no reason that an extremely hot model who could have any guy she wants would date Adam Sandler. And secondly, there are literally no desirable women out here who are able to seem effortlessly 
effort I can't even English who were able to seem effortlessly beautiful and attractive without shamelessly putting down other women or degrading their intelligence or seem you know purposely seeming ditzy and childlike in order to appeal to the male gaze For many girls the media plays an extremely important role it fosters internalized misogyny we love that Of course, it all begins with the gender binary that is enforced through children's toys. The fact that pink girly toys like dolls and play makeup encourage far less mental stimulation and problem solving than boys' toys like puzzles and tool sets already connotes that girls are less smart. Male targeted toys often involve careers like race car driving or being a builder, whilst female targeted toys involve passive behaviors. Growing up, insults like you throw, run, hit, scream, jump, whatever, like a girl, are quite common and clearly demonstrate that doing anything like a girl is an inherently bad trait. Therefore, it makes sense that girls could find a kind of satisfaction in shunning everything feminine and thus being not like other girls who continue to participate in feminine behaviors that have been demonstrated to be somehow lesser to masculine behaviors. Kind of explains most of our irrational hatreds for pink around age 13. Along with the idea that femininity means pink comes the idea that femininity means stupid. Therefore people are taught to associate the two that if a girl is interested in the color pink or makeup or anything else traditionally feminine then she must also be unintelligent This kind of dichotomy becomes very popular in high school where girls who have grown up with this kind of messaging directed towards them believe you can pick only one of two options being pretty or being smart marrying a rich man or being a rich man It really occurs to us that you can do both. And with such a seemingly obvious choice, girls with internalized misogyny quote unquote decide to be ugly and smart whilst looking down on those who quote unquote chose to be popular and pretty. Such division of girls is encouraged by the media, depicting smart girls as having braces, glasses, and rampant acne. Whilst pretty girls don't value education unless it increases their popularity. Therefore, the the allure of being a pretty girl who appears to men basically disappears because those types of girls in the media are shown to always be villainized. A particularly popular film which fuels such notions is Mean Girls. Of course, the quintessential other girl is represented in Regina George, straight, pretty, rich, and dumb. What's more interesting is how the entire high school is divided into groups, a stereotype seen in a lot of high school films, but I think Mean Girls does it the best. The jocks, the nerds, the cool Asians, the band kids. These are some of the groups that we are told we need to fit into. But it is always the other girls in particular who are demonized. For example, in Mean Girls they call the plastics for anyone who doesn't know. So with femininity being marketed as vapid and undesirable, girls who believe this turn to more masculine ways of behaving. If by masculine you mean having interests that don't fit into the narrow definition of femininity that is prescribed by the patriarchy. This makes complete sense in a way 
Since being a man is considered the default experience of the human race, pick-me girls are, in a way, attempting to elevate themselves by behaving in a more masculine manner. The thing is, we've been so brainwashed into believing that pretty girls are inherently stupid because it's so un- sorry, that was my cat- because it's just so unthinkable that a woman would be capable of success if she didn't have great tits. You don't think Instagram models budget for their lip fillers? You think they make $5,000 per post just because they have an hourglass figure? Anyone can be hot, but it takes brains to be successful in one of the most cutthroat industries in the world. Social media has given rise to a new way to criticize other girls, especially when they profit from their appearance. With no payment for entry, people find that they are the product in social media and women capitalize off this. Women have always been reduced to their parts and now when we see them profiting off of even just that, it makes us mad because we can't stand to see a woman in power. In the past, pick-me girls have been so brainwashed into thinking that other women are airheaded and stupid that they think they're the only ones in the world with complex thoughts and emotions and that's really, really sad. The analog trend is especially harmful because whilst it boasts an encouragement for individuality, it actually stifles that very idea. It can lead to girls rejecting things that they may actually like, such as Taylor Swift and pumpkin spice lattes, in order to evade negative connotations that those interests might have. It's no coincidence that this trend takes hold around a girl's early teens, That's the time when lots of girls find out who we are, what we like and dislike, and the types of people we want to be. And if it's constantly demonstrated to us that feminine behaviors are negative, then no wonder we try to avoid being a girly girl like it's the plague. At a time when individuality is an important aspect of a girl's life, it makes sense that there exists a certain desperation to not look like a sheep, to be unique in some way. The notion of not being like the others suggests that there is a path to being unique and making your mark on the world in a new way and all the rest of it. So of course, many girls choose to follow it, thus creating that new type of basic girl for everyone to look down on, which sucks. There's no prescriptive way to be a good feminist, but I think that not reducing girls to their appearances and hobbies is a good way to start. And as someone who went through a severe and embarrassing pick-me phase, which only ended like seven months ago, I can tell you that the cringe I feel every day regarding the fact that I thought Panic at the Disco was the coolest and most underground band in existence is immense. If we can save even a few girls from experiencing this kind of pain, it'll be worth it and that's a PSA. At the same time, we should probably also save them from thinking that fake tan and nails decrease a person's value. All right, that's all for today. Thank you for listening. I hope you learned something and I would love to hear your feedback either on Instagram at christelle.com.au or through a podcast review on Apple Podcasts because that really, really helps me out. Until next time, this has been Humanity's Human.